For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 707 on CJD. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with my co-host, Josh Miller of Fuller Landau. How are you, Josh? Excellent, Dan. And this is our season. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 717 on CJD. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur. Our guest this evening, David Altro, Florida attorney, Quebec notary, and a managing partner of Altro and Associates. Uh, we were discussing, David, how you started out uh, on your own, and now you have uh, a, a fairly large business, a medium-sized business, I suppose. Uh, how did you make that transition, and uh, how long did it take you to, to, to grow to the size? Well, again, uh, Dan, it was kind of the situation where uh, I won't say exactly I planned it, but what happened is I kept getting busier and busier and busier, and at a certain point in time, I started to get a little anxious that if I don't grow bigger with more people, I'm going to grow smaller because I'm not going to be able to handle and service the clients. Mm -hmm. Were you, even before you got to that stage, was business coming in so quickly that you, you felt you really had to make some change? Uh, business was growing, Josh, and uh, I was starting to. We were working a lot of hours, and I was. I very. I'm very conscious of of timelines, and I was worrying about those things. So I felt that uh, uh, a. I needed to grow to service, but also I saw a lot of potential uh, with the client relationships that I had and the sources of influence who were referring business. That there was a lot more. What was the then the first step you found? the one right body that kind of was That's the catalyst right. to go? Yeah, yeah. I hired uh, a young lawyer uh, who uh, is a great success story. He's now my, one of my partners, uh, Steve Levy. And uh, as soon as he came on and he started to handle a lot of the actual files uh, as I trained him, I realized, wow, you bring on people, you can leverage what they do and allow me to do uh, which is go out and get more business, structure more deals, and do what others don't do. So I realized the uh, the power of uh, leveraging with uh, employees, uh, and that helped me to grow a lot more. Was it is it difficult to determine who accomplishes what role in in, in your firm, or or even when you started out with Steve and yourself, and as you grew, was it easy to assign roles, or was that a difficult process? No, it was very very easy. Uh, I, uh, I I was training him by bringing him into the meetings, and then I gave him the work, and uh, he had to develop all the documentation and you know can can uh, run the transaction right through. So it was very clear. Uh, I was the business getter. I was the structuring, and he was the guy learning the technical aspects. So I was, and because our relationship was very good, and I was really classically his mentor, and he was my protege. It was very very good. But of course, any business relationship has to have a lot of mutual respect and. Uh, enjoyment and sense of humor and so it worked out great it's interesting i mean you, you raised the the notion of mentor and i guess you know being in practice whether so practitioner starting up on your own is you know did you have that mentor did you have people peers friends colleagues professionals that you could bounce ideas off of to kind of assist with that growth first of all i think that uh, it's a very good question josh i think that any entrepreneur needs on his growth curve uh, mentors. You have to have mentors. And 
you're very fortunate if you get a great mentor who does it because he wants to mentor you. And I had in my career some unbelievable great mentors, and I wanted to give back that. And but you can't give it back if you're not got the right person. Uh, so mentoring is very important. And even now, certainly there's guys out there who have more expertise in certain areas that I do, and uh, I would call them my mentors. Are these? These are people outside the firm. These are people that you've come in contact over the years. Yeah. People that know you well. People that are in the profession or outside the profession. Well, I about uh, maybe 15 years ago, I had a transaction, uh, and I was the real estate lawyer, and it was a Florida transaction. And the lawyer on the other side, there was a an, uh, an estate. They brought in their estate lawyer, uh, and uh, he was amazing. And I learned a lot from him, and we struck up a friendship. And he, we've never been in the same firm, but we've had this great relationship, and I've always called upon him. He's mentored me, and he's younger than me. A Harvard Law grad. He was actually in Obama's class. Now, that, then how, how did the growth go from there? I mean, you were at one person. Steve joined you. Was it a quick progression after that, or did you kind of slowly move along? No, nothing was uh, slow. Uh, another, uh, then a notary joined us, uh, and I trained him also. Uh, then we picked up a few more paralegals, so we had about three paralegals going at the same time. Uh, and there's where we had a lot of problems. Paralegals, trying to get the ones that uh, had the work ethic and the technical knowledge, uh, that was difficult. Uh, and I would say even today, I've, I've, the firm's had success not with paralegals, but by young lawyers uh, who take the files all the way. So the clients who are high net worth, they get the, it's good for their ego, it's good for their self-worth to know that they're dealing with a lawyer the whole time and not some secretary. You know, it's, it's interesting, and, and I'm sure a good part of it, certainly in a service business, has to do with finding the right people. The right people, the not only part. the hardest part, the not hardest only part. the professionals, but the support team around you, because when a client walks through the door, and certainly in any business, but certainly in a service one, it's, you know, you want them all to treat that client as if they are number one. So that, that is something that's key. And, and what I'm interested to hear uh, shortly is how you go from being that practitioner, that sole practitioner and a few people, to growing and having to actually run a business. And that's going to be something to, that we'll explore soon. Our guest on today's Entrepreneur is David Altro of Altro & Associates. CJD time is 7.23. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 724, welcome back to today's entrepreneur, Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller and our guest this evening, David Altro, Florida attorney, Quebec notary, and you, of course, perhaps know the name of, uh, from Dollars and Cents here on CJAD. And uh, David, we we're talking about uh, your work as a lawyer and transitioning into being a small business owner. Did you find it difficult to, to work for someone and then uh, become an entrepreneur and go out on your own? On your own? Well, uh, it's not that I was working for someone because I wasn't working for someone else as a sole practitioner. I was on my own. But it was uh, definitely a transition going from being uh, one paralegal and me to uh, having uh, attorneys, uh, notaries, and staff. Uh, that definitely was a transition which had uh, you know, a few twists and turns along the road. What parts of the business did you find yourself I'll say not maybe not losing control, but maybe not being on top of as much as possible as you grew and as you found you needed to hey administer this business. That's right, uh, exactly. Uh, lots of uh, business, lots of files, uh, and so all of a sudden you have to have systems, 
systems you have to have IT you have to have how you open up files how you process how do you make sure that people are moving the files and not falling through the cracks uh, administration uh, all sorts of different things that uh, when you have a bigger volume and more people involved that have to be controls and is this something that you took do you find yourself good with this system no I'm not good at it. Not good at Sorry, it. Sorry, I'm not good at it. And what happened is, uh, I won't say we plateaued, but as we grew, I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, have a situation happen where somebody became available and I convinced him to join us, and that was my son, Matt. He had been six years at Accenture, so he was very good with IT. He was very good with process. He was managing a lot of people in major projects, and he was wanted. He was getting. He had plateaued there and wanted to change. I asked him to join us. He's now our chief operating officer. He's made us grow from, uh, I would say, small to multi-office with lots more people, uh, and he had that skill set that I don't have. Now, what was in your in your practice and that service business? What was the top one or two changes or systems that were put into place that if you didn't do that, maybe you wouldn't be around today or you'd be a totally different firm today? Um, well, uh, one of the things Matt did is he took it upon himself to be uh, the relationship person to the major, uh, what we call COIs, centers of influence, and major uh, like referral sources and clients that sent us lots of business. So he stayed right on top of those and helped us grow those relationships, and they had a go-to person because I was very busy, and uh, so was everybody else. So he took that upon himself, and then he grew out all the, ser the services and the systems that we had, uh, how we could uh, tell at any moment where we're at in different files and everybody had to do uh, updates on their files and their file lists so we could tell snapshots anytime where we're at. Now is this something that exists today? Did it evolve? Did you use uh, IT to help with this? Was it uh, manual? How, how did it really progress? He created it. He created it not from a I, IT um, you know, uh, you know uh, products that were out there. Uh, and he just sort of developed it uh, on his own, and it's been uh, grown, and it's, it's very effective, uh, and everybody's bought into it. Does that mean from a human resource standpoint, he, would you consider this somebody like as an office manager, or as, or as you say, a chief operating officer, to assist you really in the behind-the-scenes work? Well, we have an office manager also. And uh, she takes care of a lot of things because uh, the, our chief operating officer, chief operating officer's role, is also uh, head of all marketing. And uh, so we've got a guy who isn't practicing law. He's totally focused on running the business, growing the business, and he's also um, got a CFP. So he also he has a different angle on helping clients with their financial needs. Now, marketing, that, that's, that's a big topic, and certainly from a, a service standpoint. Is, is that something that you tackled directly from the get-go, or was it built up along the way? I, I see marketing, I just see it in my, eye, in my head. I just see opportunities, and I, I, I'm good at seeing the opportunities, and I like to go for it, and I find it very exciting uh, to uh, get that brand new relationship and that brand new referral source because uh, I'm confident that we can deliver the goods and do it timely. So I'm very involved in that. And marketing to you is very important. It's, you know, Josh, uh, you're, you're an accountant and you're, you're a great accountant at what you do and you're, we're doing the same thing. We're, and everybody who is on a professional needs to understand you are practicing a profession 
but you're running a business. You got two things. And if you do both of them really great, you're a star. If you only do one, you're not going to be the same star as if you do both. Today's Entrepreneur continues on CJAD with our guest, David Altro of Altro & Associates. It's 7.30. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.32 on CJAD. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau, Dan Delmar, along with Josh Miller, and our guest this evening, uh, David Altro of Altro & Associates, Florida attorney, Quebec notary, and of course you may recognize him from Dollars and Cents here on CJAD. David, before, just before the break we were talking about marketing. Tell us what marketing has worked for you and maybe what hasn't worked as well. Well, when you say marketing, uh, let's say uh, growing uh, the business, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll talk about marketing, but let's remember, learn your technical expertise, learn what you need to learn to do a good job. That's first and foremost. Don't run around trying to do marketing until you know what you're doing, because if you run around and try to bring in business and you don't really know your t have your technical skills up, you only get one chance with that potential client. Mm -hmm. So if you don't do a good job, forget it. So I tell lawyers, learn your technical skills first, then you can start. Okay, that having been said, uh, we've done a bunch of different things, uh, Josh. Now, um, what, what kind of things, what has worked, what has been the latest, what do you find was the best bang for the buck? Well, I would say uh, the best bang for the buck actually has been our, uh, our show Dollars and Cents over the years with CJD. It actually has been amazing. Uh, and it's kind of advertising or marketing, which is what I would call institutional. We don't pitch, we don't try to have people uh, run to us for business, but we're helping people and answering questions. And it's sort of like uh, if, you know, if Josh Miller refers a client to us and they say, David Altshaw, they go, I I've heard that guy. So that's been fantastic, and it has to be done in an empathetic way, and people have to feel you're sincere, and they have to want to think you're approachable. So that's been great, uh, and uh, seminars is fantastic. Uh, but not seminars where you are boring, because if you're boring, it's negative. So you don't have to know your product, what you're talking about, and do it in a very, very interesting fashion, which is hard. Now, is this something that you create and do on your own? Do you have internal marketing people? Do you outsource? How do you get your ideas? How do you make these things work? Well, uh, first of all, try to have your expertise in an area where everybody wants it. So we're in an area uh, specializing in cross-border tax estate planning and real estate where everybody wants it right now. So if they find out about us, they want us. So our job is to how do they find out about us? So if we're invited to do a seminar, uh, then uh, if we put on a good seminar uh, with a nice PowerPoint and a professional and not pitching, never pitching, but always disseminating information and in a simple easy to understand fashion you know Josh it's not important to look smart it's important to get a message across and, and it's I'm sure there's a very fine line in being technical and trying to explain how things are done versus losing the the listener or losing the guest or or whatever what have you you have to make it you have to be approachable it definitely true uh, and you know when you're talking about taxes or, or death uh, it's not that easy to make it interesting. So I try to intersperse the serious with uh, a joke, a uh, comment, and also very, very important is uh, getting uh, the uh, crowd into it. Ask questions, find out where people are from, get them interested, and get them involved. This is key. 
How does the internet work play for you? The internet? Well, uh, I have to give the compliment to uh, our chief operating officer, uh, and we have an IT specialist, uh, and they know how to uh, get our website up to uh, cutting edge. And I think our website is really, really informative and cutting edge. And I think that's your it's your business card today. So that's a very important website. And then they have all the other things going, the social media, the Twitter, and the, we do blogs. We are all about SEO, you know, search engine optimization. Mm -hmm. So when you Google, we come up, you know, at the beginning and not at the end. So uh, I won't take any compliments for this, but we have people that are uh, very good at that. And I think it's important. Now we're going to switch gears a lot because you know you're talking about growth of business. You are no longer a sole practitioner, and you do have a couple of partners. Was it? How do you how do you go about selecting or choosing your next partner? Well, uh, there's a few things that go into it for me. Uh, on uh, one side is, uh, gee, where am I going to be if this person leaves? That's one way. Uh, another way is. Uh, uh, do I trust this person uh, back to back in good times and bad times? Uh, and next is, uh, does he have the same work ethic as I do? Will I be there uh, early in the morning, late at night, and he's not? Uh, and most important and fundamental is skill set, technical knowledge. Does he, does he strive and does he care? And uh, lastly, good interpersonal skills. Uh, you can only go so far uh, by yourself. What are we if we're not plumbers? So if you're a sole plumber, all you can do is uh, do one job at a time. But if you have a team and you leverage them, uh, everybody makes money, it's all going to be great. Not everybody can gauge an individual. Not everybody does all their great due diligence. Not everybody. Sometimes your your the cover of your book looks really good, but you got to dig a little bit deeper. How long do you think you need to get to know the person before you can actually say, "Hey, you know what? I want to get into bed with them," so to speak. Well, you know what, uh, Josh, I I, uh, I have to be honest. I brought in a guy to be a partner. I knew him casually for a bunch of years. I knew he was a uh, you know a I thought he was a very good lawyer, and it did not work out. So uh, I don't know how long the it is, but if people start with you at the beginning of their careers and they're in there like five, six, seven years, you know the person, and that's best. But if you bring in a lateral uh, or a merger, uh, you only see, as you well said, the cover. Mm -hmm. So uh, I did have that problem, and I had to ask uh, a guy I brought in as a partner to leave, uh, but um, it brings me to the point, uh, Josh and Dan, of uh, when there's curves in the road, uh, at which everybody has curves in their career road, uh, it's uh, do you fall down and uh, do you land on your feet? So what did you learn from this, I guess we'll call it negative experience at the time, but you know, as you say, if you land on your feet, you learn from it, which a lot of entrepreneurs have to try and do from every experience they get. What did you learn from this for the next round of partners or, or strategic alliances or whomever it may be? More, more due diligence. Uh, some of the things that I've just mentioned what I should be looking for in partner, which is uh, same work ethic, uh, that uh, pride of uh, quality of the work, uh, and uh, develop the business and have the amount of business that they say they're going to have. So you're safer by building from within. Now, we're talking about uh, you know, you have you, you mentioned your son in the business. Uh, 
how important is family succession to you? I mean, is that, and I, and are there any other family members in your business? Uh, I'm very proud to say my daughter, Bonnie, is also a lawyer in the firm. She runs a Toronto office, and I uh, have to admit she's smarter than me. She's amazing. Uh, we're doing fantastic there. Um, and uh, uh, the thing is, uh, they are made it into the firm uh, uh, on their own merits, and I don't, I don't call it a family office. I don't. I don't think of it that way. Uh, on the other hand, I call everybody in the firm uh, my family. So uh, I want to build it up and leave it so that everybody who's in the firm will have a long and successful career. At this stage of the game, like how, how far do you look ahead? You're, you're the founding partner. It's Altro and Associates. How far ahead do you look in, in looking to succession? Uh, are you going to work forever? Is there at some point that you might want to take a step back? No, that's not realistic. I say another 50 years and then I'm going to slow down. <laughs> By uh, then you might have reached a certain stature. <laughs> then I will have grown up yeah. and become mature. Uh, I, uh, I feel I'm going to go hard for the next 10 years. That's about what I look at. And at that point, I think the firm will have uh, grown out to where I can, uh, according to my vision, uh, if we go along the lines we are and keep uh, growing our expertise and widening our scopes. So what then become, what's your management philosophy today? How you drive the firm with what thought process that you impart to everybody? Uh, everybody should uh, learn as much as they can, be as involved in every aspect of the um, files, uh, grow their technical, uh, publish, read, uh, give seminars, uh, do all the things to give them an opportunity to be a star. That's what I, I, I strive for with the, the firm and the, the people we have. And uh, let them learn the business aspects also. You don't learn it in law school and you don't learn it if you're in a big law firm. So that's one of the things that we can help them with. Now, let's come back to human resources a little bit, and you talk about skill sets and people learning. What happens with a poor performer? Can you, how do you identify poor performers? How do you deal with them? Uh, any experience that you want to share with us? Josh, I would say that HR is the most difficult part of the whole thing. I, uh, I have another one of my expressions. It goes like this. You don't have to invent the wheel. You just have to know how to make the wheel turn. And to make the wheel turn, you need to have a team and to a team that does it well. And HR is a tough area. It's very difficult, and it's very difficult to interview a person once or twice or three times and then know something and whether or not that's gonna work. It's tough. And your people, I mean, they're, they can be the face to your clientele. So if there's something that they're doing or not doing, I mean, it ultimately falls on to David Altro and your reputation. So I guess there's, there's a certain importance level of dealing with potential poor performers as it is dealing with superstars well um a poor for a poor performer uh well, i'm not quite sure what the definition is but if somebody makes a, a mistake i always will tell them it's okay uh, it's okay to make mistakes it's not okay to make the same one twice if you make the same one twice i guess that's poor performance and that's the beginning of the end uh and i also always tell people uh if you make a mistake bring it to me let's work on the solution and not worry too much about the mistake but don't make the same mistake twice it's difficult is it tougher to uh, to point out mistakes when they're dealing with your son or daughter? No, not at all. I only brought them in because I've had a fantastic relationship with my kids. I also have another daughter. I'm very close with the kids. I was confident that with the kind of personalities they had and mine, that they were going to handle criticism. And we'll get along really well. And they're good at what they do. So 
uh, it works fine. We're, we're lucky. But I'll tell you a story for all the people that are in family businesses, and I know, Josh, you've got those clients all the time, mm -hmm. is uh, my son Matt said to me at a certain point after being with us a, a certain amount of time, he says, you know, uh, I miss my daddy. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, we just talk business all the time. I said, geez, mm -hmm. you know, you're right. Mm -hmm. So he said, I want to set up an alarm. When we're not at the office, weekends, the alarm is on, we don't talk business. And that's been our secret to be able to, <laughs> to not talk business all the time. And I think it's important when family businesses. It's gotta be a difficult concept to keep going. I mean, you're, you're in it, you're together all the time. It's, it surrounds your life, it's, it's monumental. Are you, are you able to abide by that alarm? Uh, yeah, because uh, the alarm is an actual noise that we make to each other, and it's a screech. So, uh, <laughs> so you demonstrated for us. <laughs> <laughs> no demonstrations. It's, I think uh, that's okay. You need a mechanism. Truthfully, you need a mechanism. Otherwise, you just talk business all the time, and you forget the personal. Uh, David, thank you so much. Uh, by all means, we're not done, but uh, I, I know we want to get to a little bit of a different aspect. Uh, and we thank you for all the insight that you've given. I'm sure there's a lot more to the story. And as you grow, maybe we can even have you back later on and hear where that growth comes from. And uh, we, we dealt with some IT issues uh, during the program so far. We'll bring in Kevin Ammerman, the IT specialist at Fuller Landau, to discuss some more of this. And if you need IT advice for your small or medium-sized business, uh, Kevin is here to answer your questions at 514-790-0991. And Star Talk, Star 8255 on Bell Mobility, 745 right now. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 747, welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar and Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Our guests is this evening, David Altro, Florida Attorney, Quebec Notary. And we also welcome uh, IT uh, professional Kevin Ammerman back. Kevin is with Fuller Landau as well. Welcome back, Kevin. Thank you very much. So we were talking about uh, IT services, and, uh, and of course, uh, uh, David has had his uh, experiences with that growing a, a business. At what point... Um, do you need professional services? How, how big a business do you have to get before you start to, to look to the outside? Um, well, it really varies. We deal with companies that are uh, anything from one or two people up to probably 25 or 30 people, and they're still uh, taking care of all their IT needs in-house. Um, it really depends on the nature of the business and uh, the abilities of the people within the business and at what point they want to hand that off and get back to running their business and leave the, the IT part of it to professionals. Um, we see a lot of businesses that rely on their controllers or their office managers uh, as their internal IT resource, and yeah, that's good up to a point. But at some point, uh, these people have better things to do. You know, they've got to they've got to get on with their regular work, and they don't want to be uh, stuck fixing computers or or dealing with technical questions that are beyond their experience. So uh, yeah, it does. It, it really does vary. Um, we we deal with a lot of companies that are you know in the six to ten kind of employees stage um, and growing. And it's usually at that point that we see that they're looking for some outside help. It doesn't have to be uh, full-time help by any means, but uh, an hour or two a month or just occasional help down there. Are there any challenges specific? I mean, we're talking about service industries. Uh, David is a, is a law firm, uh, certainly Fuller Orlando being an accounting firm. Are there any specific challenges to us as, as professionals and entrepreneurs at the same time that, that maybe people or that we should be aware of? 
Um, yeah, and especially as a, as a small and growing business, there's a lot of things that go sort of uh, unappreciated. So the importance of document management and uh, maintaining version control over documents uh, for whatever kind of profession you might be in. Um, also, uh, it's really tempting to get into cloud-based services and uh, other um, sort of external services, but you got to be really careful about uh, what your professional order dictates, the, the rules that are that are in place. Um, a lot of these services are, are hosted in the United States and you're subject to U.S. law, and that might not be appropriate for a Canadian business. You might you might be putting yourself in a lot of risk, so you got to evaluate these things before you sign on with these services. And are they changing all the time? I mean, is there new softwares and services that come out that you just really got to stay on top of? Uh, well, you got it again. You got to focus. So uh, take a look at what your business is in business for. What what you're trying to do. Look for the tools that you can count on to be there, and don't be scared to 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 look at new alternatives and and uh, things that are uh, on the horizon. But maintain your core services with sort of traditional services that you know and trust, and then. For your, for your newer ventures and your more sort of uh, risky ventures, look at the new stuff for that. Easy to get everybody on the same page? It's almost impossible to get everyone on the same page. As soon as you get more than one person involved in a company, you're going to have people who, who want to do things different ways, whether it's the, uh, the eternal BlackBerry versus iPhone debate or uh, web services versus uh, hosting your, your web server internally. All of these questions come up constantly. David, I would throw the question back to you as you were growing the firm. Uh, did you have debates? Was it a challenge and disagreements on kind of how you moved ahead with your IT? No. Um, you need to, one of the things an entrepreneur needs to do to be successful is learn to delegate. Okay, I know that I'm not good at IT. So I gave that to, uh, in our situation, to Matt, uh, who had a good basis in that. And I, I would, he'd come to me and I'd say, you know, Matt, I have confidence in you. You make those decisions, uh, and in a somebody has to be the boss. Somebody has to be the one making the decisions. So for an expert uh, IT guy, it would be very frustrating to make proposals and then have watch all the various bosses <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure it out. And there's a lot of people who think they know about IT and don't. So I guess that's your frustration. And what about IT policies? Are they how important are they to be created or managed? Well, every company pretty much has one. It's just have they put it down or have they given it any thought? So there's always a sort of set of operating principles, but making sure that everybody's principles are the same across the company is, is a bit of a problem. So yeah, actually writing something down, you know, it doesn't have to be terribly formal, but at least having a plan, uh, something that can sort of dictate which way you want to grow. Uh, does the nature of your business, does it sort of demand that you keep all of your services internal or can you open yourself up to to external and cloud-based services? Um, this is the kind of thing that you got to sit down and, and at least talk about with the people, the, the true decision makers in the office to make sure that you're on the same page. Today's Entrepreneur continues on CJAD. Our guests, David Altro, Florida Attorney, Quebec Notary, and IT uh, professional at Fuller Landau, Kevin Ammerman. More after the break. It's 7.53. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.54 on CJD, remaining moments of today's Entrepreneur, the uh, the last edition of the uh, of the season. And our guests this evening, David Altro, Florida Attorney, Quebec Notary, and Kevin Ammerman, IT professional at Fuller Landau. And we mentioned uh, Blackberries versus iPhones earlier. 
the eternal debate, Kevin, uh, is there a right answer or does it, does it even matter anymore which one you go with? It matters less and less all the time. So uh, iPhones, uh, it's being driven by the, again, the, the seniors, the decision makers in the, in the companies. They're demanding iPhones. Um, the, the traditional, uh, the Blackberry's traditional hold on the market is, is slipping a little bit for better or for worse. So they both are great devices. They're both great tools and it, it really comes down to personal preference and, and the way that your business is set up. Um, in my personal opinion, the iPhones are, are really biased towards uh, cloud services. They're great for cloud services. It's a little bit more tricky to integrate them into a, a pure enterprise environment, but that's changing really, really rapidly. So both Microsoft and, and Apple are really trying to uh, push them into the enterprise a lot harder. Different generations prefer different product. I mean, is it, are there different types of businesses that would be better for one versus the other? I don't know if it's type of business. Generationally speaking, yes. Uh, uh, the things rise and fall. So the iPhone uh, tends to, well, obviously there's a lot more apps, it's a lot more fun, but uh, the BlackBerry is a little bit more uh, messaging oriented. So we're seeing a bit of a resurgence in it as, as uh, the younger generation is picking up on BlackBerry Messenger and it's really taking off again, which is a little bit of a surprise to me, but uh, it's great. Uh, David Altro, BlackBerry or iPhone? Well, um, I think that um, in my business, which is uh, a lot of emails with attachments, it's much better with the iPhone. And I work with an iPad also. Much, much better. That's the problem with the Barry. No attachments. You can't see your attachments. What about from a behind-the-scenes standpoint? Is there a big difference for businesses to, you know, support the BlackBerry or the iPhone? Uh, as long as your infrastructure is relatively modern, so as long as you've got, uh, it, again, we're sort of referring to companies that have internal mail servers here, but if your, your server's relatively up to date, it's, it's not a big problem to support either one. Um, they are very different philosophies, for, so from a, a management perspective, uh, it's a lot easier to lock down a BlackBerry and sort of maintain control of it, um, but there are more and more tools available to deal with iPhones as well. Can I ask a question? In your expert opinion, for the actual telephone part, do you, would you say if somebody was asking you the iPhone versus the BlackBerry for the actual telephone? It depends how you hold it. There's the traditional, <laughs> the, sorry, uh, technical jokes. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Dave has both, a little soft spot there. <laughs> they're both very, very uh, good phones. So it, it, BlackBerry, there's a little bit more of a range of devices. So some of them are better phones than others. Uh, iPhones, there's really only a couple of models that are out there. Uh, they're, they're very high quality. There were some issues with the, the call quality on the, the iPhone 4, but I think it's pretty much been dealt with by now. Thanks. Dave, as, as we, uh, we kind of get to the end of the show, Tell us, what piece of advice or two would you give to today's entrepreneur? Be prepared to work hard. Don't think you're going to make it between 9 and 5, mon ami, because you're not. Work hard. Get there early. Stay late. you got to learn a lot, and you got to service a lot. That's the most important thing. As I said before, you don't have to necessarily invent something. You need to learn how to process and go through and make it happen. So I think that's the one most important thing. If you're not going to work hard, you're not going to make it. Thanks very much, Dave. And Dan, you know, the, the takeaway I get from Dave's message for the last hour is really about adapting and growing and taking the ups, taking the downs, and making the most out of it. And to do that, as Dave just said, you absolutely have to work hard. So you really got to find those pearls. Every day is another experience. Every day is a new experience, something from which you can learn from and something which entrepreneurs have to understand. Every day is a learning experience. Apply it to what you do best. Know and surround the people around you with those experiences and 
you really that's what will help make you a very very successful entrepreneur and as we come to the end of the season uh, i would say that of all the of all the ideas and notions that all these entrepreneurs have given out i would say perseverance and as david said working hard those go hand in hand perseverance having the entrepreneur never give up and to keep striving for what he or she knows is that right vision for the product and service and that's where the really the most successful entrepreneurs and certainly the ones that we've interviewed over the last year or so that's where it's driven from perseverance working hard and going for what you know is right josh miller and thank you very much david a ultra florida attorney quebec notary thank you david and thanks to kevin Ironman, our it specialist as well and josh i guess we'll see you back in september we will be back in september with a whole new list of great stories great well it's been a fascinating season as usual and like you said we made lots of interesting entrepreneurs and characters and uh, i look forward to it in september so have a as great summer I. and you too dan thanks thank you and don't forget you can reach fuller landau during business hours at 514-875-2865 or visit www flmontreal.com. Delmar at Night is next on CJAD.